Hello and welcome to Intentional Spiritual Living with Brian. This is Season 2, Episode 4. Hello, everybody, and welcome. And first and foremost, let me apologize for the extremely long delay uh, since I've last done an episode. It was at the end of September, and here's why, and no excuses. Raven's Cauldron, my shop, has just taken off and consumed all of my time. And so I've written out several episodes in the meantime, and I just not have any extra time to record them until now. However, I'm not recording one of those pre-written episodes um, with specific crystals and stuff that we can all learn from. Rather, I want to talk about the year ahead since I'm recording this right now on New Year's Eve of 2020. And what I really want to focus on is a little tarot discussion here. We all know, um, but let's get reacquainted. For any new listeners, I am Brian, and I own Raven's Cauldron, a metaphysical shop in sunny tropical Delaware, Ohio. Get me found at 110 South Sandusky Street, or you can reach me online at ravenscauldron.com, facebook.com forward slash ravenscauldrondelaware. And for those that don't know or haven't visited the shop, it is a full-service metaphysical shop. We do tarot readings. We sell tarot decks, oracle decks, a huge selection of very high-quality gemstones and minerals, some rare stuff. I have a lot of good connections in that way. We have metaphysically relevant jewelry, tumbles, incense, metaphysical statues, and mythological statues, to name a few things. So if you haven't been in and you have the opportunity in your local, I would love to see you. And most of you know that I am a 30-year veteran of tarot reading and kind of live and breathe my life uh, with guidance from the universe via tarot. And today I want to talk all about that in this podcast episode because I think it's very important on the cusp of going into 2021. So let's get started. Ah, 2020. We can look at this from the angle of what a shit show. Or we can look at this from the angle of what did I learn? Or you could do like me and combine the two in a blender and come up with, yes, it was a shit show, but I did learn a few things. All right, I had to throw a little comedy in there because I'm so sick, as I'm sure you are, of talking about the repercussions of everything 2020. We've all lived it. We all have the fatigue. Uh, We don't need to talk about it. But what we do need to talk about... uh, is the year ahead and specifically i want to talk about tarot tarot cards are a daily part of my life and what i mean by that i i can imagine if you're driving in your car and you hear this dude say tarot cards are a daily part of my life rolling your eyes and be like what the hell does this mean 
So I draw cards every day. Sometimes I draw a spread, for instance, if I'm trying to solve a business problem at the store. I want to add something or do something new and get a story from Tarot to give me a little guidance because I'm perplexed. I draw a daily card first thing in the morning, usually when I arrive at the shop and on the weekends at home, and I look at that card and I think about that card throughout the day and what it's trying to tell me. Um, an example of that, for instance, would be if I pulled the Eight of Wands first thing in the morning. So imagine pulling the Eight of Wands. If you haven't seen that card, it is one of the less exciting tarot cards. It's just got eight wands that are very fertile ones. When I say fertile, I meaning they have green leaves on them, so things are in flow. The fire is high, and they're flying through the air at a diagonal clip, which what you can deduce from looking at it is they're moving very fast. And so the Eight of Wands, when it comes up in tarot readings, means don't overthink decisions. Just go with your gut. Go with the intuition. This is not the time to uncover, uncover every stone in a decision. So if I pull the Eight of Wands in the morning, then throughout the day, for instance, if a new vendor comes into the store and I'm just making stuff up to help everybody understand how to use tarot. But let's say a vendor does come into Raven's Cauldron and I've pulled the Eight of Wands and they have a huge selection of pyrite, for instance. Pyrite has been successful at my store. By no means the most uh, sought after mineral that I sell, but certainly not collecting dust on the shelf. But I really have plenty of it. But this person has tons of pyrite and beautiful skulls that I don't have, beautiful pyrite spheres that I don't have, for instance. And the normal me, if I hadn't pulled that eight of wands, I'd be like, yeah, but I got a little bit of stock in the back. I know you have a good price and I just need to think about this. Whereas if I had pulled the eight of wands, I'd be like, you know what? Hell yeah. Here, let's, let, me, let me buy all the pyrite you have. It will eventually sell and I'll put it in the back and I'll have some cool findings for people. So very simplistic and goofy example, folks, but that is how you do it. When you talk about the eight of wands, for instance, a little tarot theory here, wands are the fire burning inside. So what's important to you, your passions. And when you come to the eight of wands, when we combine numerology, symbols and stuff, it's close to the 10. You're getting close to completing something. And it's simply telling you, don't overthink this like you normally do. This is not the day. Just go with what comes to your gut. So it's a very powerful way to shape your day. You pull a card in the morning and you study that card. You know what it means. You know what its elemental representation is. You know what the numeral means, how close you are to uh, getting to a goal. Is it a court card that, that, that guides our day in a completely different way? Or is it a major arcana card and something we really need to focus on? So I think we get that. So why I really wanted to dr really drill down on tarot today in this discussion is because coming up for 2021 is the year of the Hierophant and it makes for a very interesting discussion and a very interesting focus for the year ahead. So before we start talking about the Hierophant and what it means and what the card looks like and what it can mean to our year, I want to tell you, I, I'm involved in many tarot communities and I have a lot of deep dive discussions online with people. I'm very actively involved in the Biddy Tarot community and the Hierophant is one of those cards that can be a little bit icky to people that practice the craft. 
And so for those that see it coming up as the card of the year, wow, that could be something that could be concerning. And I want to demystify it and talk about it and why I think it's so relevant for us to focus on. And incidentally, why it is the card of the year is because we are coming into 2021 and we use numerology. So two plus zero plus two plus one is five. And the Hierophant is Major Arcana five on the fool's journey all the way up to the world. And again, before we get too much in the weeds on the year of the Hierophant and what that means and what we can focus on, I want to back up just a little bit further and talk more just about this whole tarot thing. I've had some friends and some people say to me various things like, do you really think that tarot gives you guidance or do you really buy into this? And of course I do, number one. It is such an important part of my life and I want to talk about why I buy into it why I live by it. So I do a lot of spreads. And when I say spreads, tarot spreads, where it could be two to 20 cards, and each of those cards has significant meaning in the spread. So like it could be, you know, if I'm doing a 2021, what to think about spread. And one of the, the, the final card is what I need to be aware of each and every day of the year. That's very significant, right? And so if it came up with the tower, for instance, I, it would tell me that no matter what, there's going to be a major life-changing event this year, and I need to keep that in the back of my mind at all times. But more importantly than just me telling you, like, that's what I would focus on, I want to tell you personally that the accuracy to which tarot cards have shaped my days is uncanny, friends. It really, truly is. There are things that I've avoided because of a tarot card pull. There are decisions I've made, and I'm not talking whether to go to McDonald's or Wendy's for lunch. I'm talking major decisions as a result of a tarot card pull, and I really do believe in it. And so then I get asked from, and I don't want to say the non-believers because these are friends of mine. These are people that are logical people and they just are really curious about the whole discipline of tarot and how it works and so, you know, how it works and why it works. And so they may ask a question like, okay, well, you got some accuracy, but how? how? How can you tell me that randomly shuffling the cards and throwing them out, that could come up a thousand ways, right? However many combinations there are of five cards out of a 78 card deck after shuffling, right? And true true statement and herein lies where it gets a little weird and i talked about this in an episode recently uh well not recently we know i haven't talked since september but i think that actually the last episode i was talking about energy in the craft and, and what energy you bring into things and this is no different so the reason that a tarot reader might hand the deck across the table when you're doing a professional reading and say please shuffle these cards is to put your energy on them and therein lies where the magic happens. You're putting your energy in these cards and I'm focusing from my mind on the intention. You're sitting across from me and you're asking me, is it a good time for me to switch jobs, for instance? And so the power of your energy going in and knowing nothing about tarot or minimal enough to enjoy the craft and having an experienced tarot reader's energy focusing on the intention and 
very specifically picking out a spread to use for you, the combination of those two things brings upon the accuracy of a good tarot reading. And I wanted to just share that with you because I've had a lot of deep discussions with people on this whole tarot thing. And is it a really just a big woo-woo factor, for instance? Which brings me to my next point. Woo-woo factor. I love the woo-woo factor. Don't get me wrong. That's what gets me into this stuff. Woo-woo factor and aesthetic are simply the same thing to me, if you will. In that, do I love a green witch with a big wart on the end of her nose flying around on a broom? Of course I do. I have several in my house. It's aesthetic, friends. Do I believe that if I walk out the door tomorrow morning, I'll see a broom and a witch flying by my door waving to me? Absolutely not. It's the same thing with the woo-woo factor in that we can say, oh, you know, that person is so in the clouds and so woo-woo because it's an aesthetic, because we like to, as human beings, hold on to things. And so there's woo-woo factor with crystals, for instance, Aura Quartz is a good example. I'm looking at a piece, and that's why I said that. I'm, I record this in my store. So Aura Quartz is hugely popular right now. And let's think about that. Just Let's just be goofy right now together, friends. Let's think about why Aura Quartz is popular right now. And if you don't know what it is, you're going to know real soon. And it's a very, very relevant topic in the gemstone community right now. And remember, we're talking about woo-woo factor. So, our quartz is just regular, old, clear quartz. It can be in clusters, it can be in points. And then it is treated with different substances. It could be titanium, for instance, and that makes it kind of have a Wizard of Oz rainbow feel to it, if you will. It could be treated and heated with 24 karat gold powder to get an aqua aura quartz. It can be treated at different heat settings with these substances to get different concentrations of color and iridescence and opalescence, all that type of stuff. And so when I say woo-woo factor, and I'm com you, you, you could be asking yourself, why is this dude talking about taking titanium and heating it on quartz and woo-woo factor? Well, because you hear the word aura quartz, for instance. Auras are a mysterious color pattern that it is believed that people can see on somebody's face, around their face, and it's like, you know, you have a green aura today type of thing. So you think aura quartz, a little mystical, a little out there, and then you look into some of the metaphysical properties of aura quartz, and one that sticks out to me is that it's healing to the aura, which could be woo-woo out there on planet Z, if you will. I don't believe that it's out there. I don't believe that it's weird. But it's got a bit of a, a mystical woo-woo factor to it, and so we're drawn to it, and then we start to dig into it. So it's the same with a deck of tarot cards. They have a woo-woo factor to them because they have this mysterious symbolism from ancient times where you'll see salamanders and you'll see pomegranates and the list goes on. Or you'll see suits that are represented by swords or cups or pentacles. And 
so it's a bit of arcane for the majority of the population because not a lot of people take the time to study tarot. And so it's it draws it draws us all in. That's exactly why I started reading. I'll be the first to tell you. And it was many, many moons ago because it was the woo woo factor for it, if you will, because I really I'm like, oh, this tarot stuff, it's got all this creepy symbols and it's fortune telling, which 112 percent it's not. But at the time, you know, my 18, 19 year old self thought so. And so you want to dig into it because we as humans love to talk about and theorize about things that we cannot see. And that really lies, that, that, that boils it down, friends, to, to why we're attracted to metaphysical things as, as a rule. Part of it is aesthetic, and aesthetic isn't really real. It's just an aesthetic we love. We might be into horror. We might be into just witchy vibes and all kinds of brooms and cauldrons and stuff, and all very cool. But when we get into our craft and our practice, and when we, and we're talking about tarot now, and we actually start to demystify it, we find that it is not necessarily is whacked out as we once thought so i just went on a very long dissertation about that and i apologize but i think it's important for us all to understand where we're coming from and where we're going so with all that behind us let's talk about the coming year the year of the hierophant so let's just look at that card those of you that are listening in the car i apologize that you can't do this with us those that are listening at home pull out your deck if you have one and pull out major arcana five for the hierophant and when you do Go ahead and pause this and when you do uh, resume and let's just look at it so and and let's talk about why it may be off-putting to folks in the craft so i'm looking at my card right here and you have this very somber looking individual almost could remind you of the pope it is often theorized that that is what it represents think about when these cards were created though before we judge and when I say don't judge, I'll talk about that in a second, but I'm using a Rider Waite deck. I, I apologize. I should have said that. And the Rider Waite Smith decks were put into creation around, I believe, 1909. So there was a lot of religious things going on in the world at that time. And so people looked up to the Pope, as they still do, but we've changed a lot in society. And so when I say don't judge, um, I'm actually, if you could see me, I'm smiling because I have a lot of friends that are into tarot. And, and when the Hierophant comes up, everybody wants to attach a religious connotation to it. Like you need to be told by a higher supreme power such as the Pope how to do and live your life. And that is absolutely not what this card means. And that's what we're going to demystify today because it's actually a really great card. And it's especially a great card for the year ahead which of course is why we're talking today. So back to looking at the card. So it looks like a Pope, you know, he's got the crosses, he's got, um, certainly has his papal vestments on. If you look at the crown he's wearing, for instance, it's a three-tiered crown. And it has been written that that represents the three worlds in which this figure rules. And that would be the conscious, subconscious, and superconscious. Looking to the way he's holding his hands, one finger up, one finger down. I'm sorry, it's two fingers up and two fingers down. And it's pointing to heaven and earth. Below him, you see his disciples. 
you see the back of their head. And it's actually something that we joke about uh, when I teach tarot. I love to talk about this card because the back of these men's head actually looks like Rolos if you look at them. Just a little side note because we always have to have a little comedy. If we've learned anything, friends, you got to laugh this year. And then in the middle of the two disciples is a wooden box that has two keys on it. So that's the card. So very much religious connotations here, very much. If you wanted to just read this and not know anything, you'd be like, these people are looking for a blessing from the Pope or a, or, or a spiritual teacher, if you will. And therein lies the best thing to talk about with the Hierophant. It is absolutely about being a spiritual teacher and nothing to do with get your ass in a pew and get back to church because that's not what it means and a lot of people run thinking that. And so the year of the Hierophant, what does that mean to us? Well, it means to no longer live in fear. And you may ask, well, how does it possibly mean not living in fear when there's got these two disciples that are getting a blessing from a religious figure? The difference here, friends, is the Hierophant could mean for you specifically, and I'm just going to create a situation here. Let's say you're a yogi and you're agnostic spiritually. You don't know what you follow yet. You're mapping it all out, but yoga is your religion. Yoga is your church. You go to the yoga studio five times a week and you study with a yoga master and that is your Hierophant, that yoga master, that person that you can learn from to get your practice. And when I say practice for the non-yogis, anytime you do yoga, you're practicing. And so to get your practice, your yoga practice to the next step, you need that teacher. And that is the yoga master that you go see for people that practice the craft, because that's what we're talking about in this podcast, right? So for those of us that believe in the metaphysical and that we like to manifest things in our own life by pulling together what is called spells so you combine an incantation with some good aroma and some good crystals and herbs perhaps a few tarot cards and we say that you know we really need to get this project off the ground and we pull this all together and write our letter of intention and and, and pull a whole ritual together and then boom it happens that's for us and so who is our hierophant and that's a very interesting question. And the answer to that is our community more than anything. Our community. So if you come into a store like Raven's Cauldron, people talk to me all day long and we share experiences. And they ask me how to throw a spell together. Or for instance, what would you do with a piece of rainbow fluorite besides look at its beauty? What is all this metaphysical meanings and stuff? And then we start putting things together and learning from each other. And so the year of the Hierophant, what does it mean internally to each of us? Well, let's talk about that. It's a year to figure it all out. Figure out your path. Figure out what you believe. Put everything in a bag and shake it up. Because if we've learned one thing in 2020, we've learned that normal doesn't exist. And so it's okay to feel the way you do. And don't hide your craft from people. I think that's another message, too. There's a lot of people in the dark corners that practice this craft, but they don't want anyone to know because, you know, the neighbor, Mrs. Smith, might think 
badly of me if she found out. And the list goes on. And it's a year to come out of our shells. It's a year to be proud and put our shoulders back and be like, heck yes, I manifest for myself. And let me tell you, it's wonderful. And maybe I could share some tips with you. So that's, that's one facet of this year coming ahead. Here is the next one. Let's talk about rituals and let's talk about symbols. I really want to focus on those two topics. So rituals. If you're practicing the craft, if you believe in all this stuff, which I know we do, take it from just saying, yes, that's cool stuff. Really start working the tools of the trade. And the best way to start that is by performing rituals. And so I'm going to make a commitment to each of you, since I'm asking you to make a commitment to the year of the Hierophant. I'm going to provide rituals on nearly every podcast episode that I give to you this year. So that in case you just are wondering where to start and you're having trouble, I can help you. And that, my friends, is the best that I, best thing I can do for you, is to give you a, a, a method to practice. Symbols. Let's talk about symbols. And I'm talking right now specifically about tarot, but this, and I'm going to talk about pentagrams extensively here in just a second. Let's make this a year, the year of the Hierophant, of walking the walk and talking the talk. And what do I mean by that? Don't just think that a pentagram is cool because it's got an eerie, evil, unnecessary, and undeserved reputation, but it does have that. And so don't like it just for that. That's a fine reason to think it's cool. But be able to tell someone, be able to refute the naysayers. If you wear a big pentagram on your t-shirt and some person tells you that's evil, arm yourself with enough knowledge to tell them absolutely not. Again, the year of the Hierophant. We're owning our spiritual path. We're owning our spirituality. We are disciples and we are teachers. We are all of these things. That's why this card is not scary. The Hierophant lives inside of each of us. And at various times throughout the year, we're going to be the teacher. And at various times throughout the year, we're going to be the disciple. But most importantly, throughout this year, we're not going to lose sight of what we love. And that's our spiritual path. The year of the Hierophant. It's going to be great, friends. So I want to dive a little bit more into the symbols notion that I talked about earlier. So I've been meaning to put this on a podcast and this is just the absolute perfect time to do so. So I'm glad that I waited. Let's discuss pentagrams. First of all, so that we always have a little comedy and I can have a little self-deprecating humor. I just got done telling you don't put a pentagram on your t-shirt just because you think it's got an evil connotation that nobody understands really put it on there because you understand it. But let's talk about 22-year-old Brian, for instance. I think it's when I learned, maybe a little younger than that, who knows. Um, I know that there was a family member that told my older brother, (laughs) 
this is kind of a funny story. I have an older brother. He's five years older than me. And so I grew up listening. I'm 48 years old. So uh, that makes him around 53. And I grew up listening to classic rock because that's what he listened to. And so, you know, as your five year senior, you think he's the coolest person on the planet. So I would listen to things like Rush and Bob Seger Led Zeppelin, that kind of music. That's what I grew up listening to because of my brother. And I remember a family member when my brother got a new Rush album and it had a pentagram of some sort on it. I can't quote the album, but a family member said, you know that that pentagram is evil and that, that has everything to do with devil worship. I've never forgotten it. What do you think I wanted to do from that point on? The, the young rebellious one that I was I wanted to get as many pentagram clothing and if I would have thought about getting a tattoo at that time I probably would have got one tattooed on my face I see I'm, I'm not kidding all the wrong reasons to like pentagrams but I was young and it's spooky it's weird it's it's looked at as dark I should have it so and there's nothing wrong with that but let's just really get down to brass tacks with pentagrams pentagrams are actually a Christian based symbol coming from ancient Greece. And they're used not unlike the Christian cross. Wiccans, for instance, use pentagrams just like Christians use crucifixes. It's just a symbol. And so it is theorized to have the five wounds of Jesus involved in it. And the number five is significant in the pentagram because the pentagram is widely documented to represent humans. As is below, as is above, or as is above is below, I can't remember. But we have five fingers, five toes, five senses. And it's all about mind over matter. And the pentagram is a, a symbol of protection of all things. So just think about what I just told you. And I just did a very brief history of it. I mean, I'm talking less than one minute, but you know, we're talking about how it represents humans. And if you look at the star itself, it actually, you know, the head and then the arms are low and then the legs, it does actually looks like kind of a round person. If you have a pentagram, that is just the star. If you have a pentacle, as in the tarot deck, that is a star with a, a circle around it. Now, at some point in history, and I, I, I don't like to dive into negative, that's why I'm not doing this, there was some sort of satanic meaning assigned to pentagrams when you turn them upside down. And that is where the entire eerie connotation comes from. So, again, the year of the Hierophant is all about being able to own these things and if you want to get a tattoo of a pentagram and somebody gives you some shit about it you can own it and tell them that they don't understand so that's one aspect of the year of the hierophant again let's summarize let's don't fear live inside of us understand that inside of us is a disciple and a teacher, and you combine those two for our spiritual path. It's a year to figure it all out. And let's start doing some rituals and let's start owning some knowledge. And so I focused on symbols so that we can just tell people and start a 
beginning the revolution on this stuff. There is such a surge of interest in metaphysical and crafting your own path and becoming a very deeply spiritual person without necessarily having to sit in a pew every week. That's what this year is about for us. And that's what we're going to focus on with the year of the Hierophant. And I personally am very excited. It's a card, uh, again, that has a lot of connotation to it. Um, and a lot of people get upset because of the religious stuff. And I totally understand that because that's not really who we are. So let's all buckle down and look forward to carving out our path and knowing exactly where we're going. It's going to be great, friends. Okay, friends, the time has come for me to keep my commitment. And we talked earlier when we were talking about tarot on how to live the year of the Hierophant. And one of the things I talked about was rituals and why I want to talk about rituals. Rituals are fun, and here's why. Because we all love to do them, uh, the people that practice the craft, that is. And it's good to get somebody else's ritual um, and what works for them, and then start making your own. And so since we're talking about the year of the Hierophant, I wanted to pick a tarot card ritual and also involve a crystal to combine like the crystal uh, that I talk about in the podcast with a ritual for this particular session. And so anyone that knows me knows that my all-time favorite card is Major Arcana 17, The Star. And there's a myriad of reasons why I love her, but I will just summarize real quick because I want to focus on this ritual and we're at 35 minutes and I really don't want to keep you guys forever. So The Star, if you look at her real quick, and I will promise, to, I will likely do an entire section on tarot and talk about The Star, but here's a woman that is naked. And she's kneeling on one knee and she's got one foot flat on the ground and some water and she's pouring two earthen vessels of water back to the earth with stars above her. The stars represent the chakra system and it being completely balanced with the gold star showing that balance. <clears throat> the mountains in the background show that life is continually going to be problematic and rough but we always persevere. And why she's pouring water back in? If we study tarot and we know that the suit of cups is based upon the element of water and it represents emotions. And what precedes Major Arcana 17, the star, is Major Arcana 16, the tower. And so she's just had a tower moment where life has completely changed. And she is going through a rebirth. And that's why the clothes are off. And that's why she's pouring previous emotions back into the earth. Because we're not saying that the person that she was was bad. But it's no longer serving her. And now she's becoming who she's truly meant to be. Or at least one step closer to that. And I just think that that star has such a, that star. That card has such a deep rooted beautiful meaning for me and i hope that uh y'all come to love it too so when we want to live that a little bit and that's why i picked the star so let's say that you know we're feeling a little stagnant and we want like a spiritual rebirth for instance and why would i say spiritual rebirth we're talking about the year of the hierophant honoring our path honoring our spirituality and that kind of stuff so i wanted to come up with a ritual that you can do to pull that off and so what you're going to need to do this ritual are a few things. We need a tarot card of the star. We need a crystal of Madagascar clear quartz in a point. 
Those might not be the easiest things for you to find. I do sell them here at Raven's Cauldron, but they are some of the clearest quartz you can have. This doesn't have to be an expensive point. You can get one for $15. The one I'm holding in my hand right now is about three inches and it's got very little inclusions in it. And I can actually sit it on a piece of paper and read right through it and see pictures right through it. So you're gonna need a white chime candle or ritual candle. You're gonna need some sage, dried sage, not a sage bundle. And you're gonna need some peppermint. So here's what we're gonna do, friends. We're going to first brew an infusion or brew some tea with sage. So we need boiling water poured on top of, hopefully in cheesecloth, but it doesn't have to, it's just gonna be wiped off your crystal, but we wanna make an infusion of that sage. So imagine making tea with a couple tablespoons of dried sage. So once you've done that, then I want you to set your Madagascar clear quartz in this infusion and leave it there for a couple hours. And we are clearing any previous energy from that. And this is a nice way to do it. Not unlike the way that we use smudge sticks to clear out energy because we really wanna embody the energy of the star here and this crystal is going to do that. Clear quartz, so we're talking about uh, a crystal in this ritual. Clear quartz does a few things. So it awakens your psychic abilities, but it also magnetizes what it's near, other stones, other herbs, other oils, if you will. And so we're wanting to absorb and, and quartz of course absorb so we want to absorb the energy of the star so that's why we're doing this that's the method here on top of that card after you've cleared so we're going to put this quartz crystal below the star and then on top of that star we want to put your white chime candle and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but for those that don't know, so get a little witch hazel with a drop of some sort of essential oil and clear the energy on your chime candle to make sure that this energy is all about you in the holder that you put it in. We want to consecrate and, and, and clear energy on everything that we do in the craft, and that's one of them. So after we've done that, then we want to put a circle around the quartz and the candle on the outside of it with peppermint, dried peppermint leaves. Peppermint just kind of awakens our senses and vitality and makes us be present in the moment. That's why we're doing that. So once you've got that all set up, light your candle, dim the lights and set your mood. So it's kind of, you kind of got your vibe on. Pick up your clear quartz and you should be able to see through this because we're requiring Madagascar clear quartz and I want you to hold it like you're almost using a microscope. And I want you to look through it so you can see that star card. I'm doing this right now as we speak just to make sure that I can see it. I can see it beautifully. And this now becomes the part where we have to make this about you. This is where you got to put your foot in it, if you will. We need you to start thinking about what is the star to you? You're doing this ritual because you're looking for a spiritual rebirth. You either a rebirth where you want to take everything you know up to the 50% point that you're at and grow it and take it seriously, or you want to start over on a new path. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is you want to do with this star, look at her, embody her, and say something absorb the energy of that card into this prism quartz crystal when i say prism it's because madagascar quartz is just like glass it's beautiful and it can actually refract light and get rainbow prisms everywhere but you want to absorb that into this crystal so for me just uh, everybody likes examples so i would maybe say something as i'm looking at her like 
the year 2021 is going to be a year of rebirth for me and I've come so far on my path and I truly know that I'm on the right path and I want to absorb as much knowledge as I can this year about deepening my tarot practice and I don't want to just give lip service to that with star so please help me rebirth myself and become the badass that I'm meant to be. And that's gonna require daily dedication and that's gonna call daily exercise work. And what I'm asking here is to absorb the energy to give me the stamina to pull that off. So mote it be. Something to that effect. That would be me personally because I wanna deepen my tarot studies every single day. And so if I were doing a ritual like this and I wanted to absorb the energy of the star and really put that to my good use, I would say something to that effect. I can't write this incantation for you because we're all going to be different, but that's what you wanna do. And once you've done that, then I want you to hold and close your eyes and meditate for a solid 15 minutes with that crystal. And you should be able to feel the vibes in that crystal. You're absorbing the energy of the star. And there's not much uh, more energetic crystals that you can choose than Madagascar clear quartz points. You just can't. And so then once you've absorbed that and you've meditated and you've got your focus, your work here is done. Your candle is now gone. Return the peppermint leaves to the earth. Put them in a muslin bag of some sort, if you will, and burn them or carry them. It doesn't matter, however you choose to do that. But the important thing is you want to carry this quartz point with you for a very long time because you just did something very special. And by a very long time, I mean as long as it takes to get the result you want out of it. Make this your talisman because it's very, very powerful. After your spell work is complete and you've reaped the rewards, then you'll want to re-cleanse your quartz point because Madagascar quartz is beautiful and you want to keep it in your toolkit forever, friends. And that's how simple it is. Rituals are both fun and powerful, and I hope you love it. And friends, that is a wrap for season two, episode four. Please accept my apologies for having such a long break before uh, between episodes. And I have uh, back in track this year to get this season off uh, with at least every two week episodes, if not more frequently. Again, I am Brian. I own a shop called Raven's Cauldron in Delaware, Ohio. Check me out at ravenscauldron.com. Call me 740-417-8402. Facebook.com forward slash Ravens Cauldron, Delaware. Blessed to be friends and let's make it a kick-ass year.